All right. Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It's Thursday, August 24th, 2023, and uh, we'll continue in our catechesis in Matthew's Gospel. We're going to just a couple more readings, and that will get us up to the Passion Account, which we hear every year. And so uh, we will uh, next week do some other readings. All right. Uh, next week is the beginning of day school on Wednesday, I think. Right. So, uh, but we're because we won't have a full week. Uh, we'll be doing some intermediate readings before we get right into the school year and other readings we like to do. Um, let's see. Anything else? Oh, I should note, uh, Naomi. Uh, I'm recording this on Wednesday evening, and uh, she's doing pretty well. She's uh, she eats a little bit here and there, mostly just with prompting. Uh, she seems to like bacon and popsicles. So uh, we're waiting on her bowels to wake up a little bit. And uh, it's, it's on and off a low-grade fever here and there. So I just want to keep an eye on that. But uh, so far, so good. Every, wounds and everything are looking to be healing just fine. And uh, so that should hopefully get us out here yet this week. That's the plan. Uh, if not, uh, it might require some changes on my part. But anyway, we'll. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the issue. All right, I'm recording uh, in what was a very loud room leading up to this moment. There were screaming children outside, but it uh, seems to have quieted down now. So good for you and good for me. Not as distracting. That means I can, can I take off the headphones. I'm going to leave them on for now uh, so I can hear myself mostly and not them. <laughs> All right, very good. Let us begin. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, let's pray the psalm for the week. Psalm 92. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, and to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I will sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord, your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know, the fool cannot understand this, that though the wicked sprout like grass, and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish, all evildoers shall be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox, you have poured over me fresh oil. My ears have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ear, or my eyes, excuse me, my ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like uh, cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, 
is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, let's say our memory verse for the week together. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9. All right, our catechism is uh, confession. What is confession? Confession has two parts. First, that we confess our sins, and second, that we receive absolution, that is, forgiveness from the pastor as from God himself, not doubting but firmly believing that by it our sins are forgiven before God in heaven. All right, so that went back to uh, Sunday's reading about the Pharisee and the tax collector, right? Okay, we continue in Isaiah's, um, I almost called it Isaiah's gospel, but of course Luther remarks that it is the fourth, uh, Isaiah's the fourth, evan- or fifth evangelist, excuse me. Ah, so much gospel here though, once you hear it. Oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence as fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things for which we did not look, you came down. The mountains shook at your presence. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you, who acts for the one who waits for him. You meet him who rejoices and does righteousness, You who remembers you in your ways. You are indeed angry, for we have sinned. In these ways we continue, and we need to be saved. But we are like an unclean thing, and all our righteousness, righteousnesses are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And there is no one who calls on your name, who stirs himself up to take hold of you, For you have hidden your face from us and have consumed us because of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are our potter. And all we are the work of your hands, or your hand. Do not be furious, O Lord, nor remember iniquity forever. Indeed, please look, we are, we all are your people. Your holy cities are a wilderness, Zion is a wilderness, Jerusalem a desolation. Oh, our holy and beautiful temple where our fathers praised you is burned up with fire and all our pleasant things are laid waste. Will you restrain yourself because of these things, O Lord? Will you hold your peace and afflict us very severely? The answer is yes, but only for a time, right? Right? His punishments are but for a moment, but his grace is everlasting. Can't help but hear um, the delightful Advent hymn, um, O Lord, rend your heavens wide, come down, come down with mighty stride right? Quoting there from Isaiah 64 as well. Famous section here, we are the clay and you are the, our, you our potter, and we are all the work of your hand, right? Um, this is uh, similar to, I would say, the uh, imprecat, no, not imprecation, the lament of Moses, right? In the wilderness where he, where God says, well, I'm going to destroy these people and raise up a new people from you, Moses. And, and Moses says, no, you can't, because <laughs> the promise uh, was given um, to uh, to Judah, well, to Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then to Judah, right? You can't destroy Judah, you promised, right? It's the same idea here. You are our father, we are your, the clay, and you are potter. We are the work of your hand. Do not destroy us because you have made us, right? Of course, the Lord is free to destroy that which he has made. Um, but uh, as, the, as Isaiah foretells here, these things have been done, right? Jerusalem has been laid waste. The temple has been destroyed and burned up with fire, Zion, a wilderness, etc., so now the prayer 
Um, this is going to be um, after the return from exile uh, and the restoration of God's people, and ultimately not fulfilled until the final day, is uh, to restore all things that have been destroyed. Remember, um, God saves by uh, killing and then making alive. So uh, even salvation in its own way is violent then, um, and that, of course, of course bugs us. <laughs> We'd rather there be an easier way than through that narrow gate that is to suffer with Christ, to die with him, and then be raised with him. But so it goes, and so he promises. All right. And then our reading for catechesis is uh, another one that we hear in our uh, weekly, cate- weekly uh, lectionary, say Sunday lectionary. So it might be familiar to you, but worth our investigation here today. Matthew 25, beginning in verse 14. Again, these are the parables of the kingdom. Uh, what did we have yesterday? The wise and foolish virgins, the last Sunday of the church here. Here are the, the talents. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded them, and made another five talents. And likewise he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received Five talents came and uh, brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained uh, five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord, or your Lord. He also had received, who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord, or his Lord, answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and my, at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him, and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away, and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, or gnashing, as you, if you prefer. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is, again, a parable of the kingdom. And so what is the kingdom of heaven like? What does he say? A man, verse 14, traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. I suppose it's worth remembering, this is on the Mount of Olives. Jesus is telling this parable uh, to his 12 that will help uh, evaluate uh, who he's specifically speaking to here. But it is a parable of the church. Oh, it's okay. So the man traveling to a far country um, would be, uh, I would suggest that's Jesus, and then the servants, of course, then, whose his goods are delivered to him, to them, I should say, to care for until he returns, uh, see, would be the apostles, and later then uh, all those who uh, are in the office of the holy ministry, that would be, uh, of course, pastors. All right. 
So the goods, uh, I like the expression that uh, one of the pastor's jobs is, or the pastor's job, I should say, is delivering the goods, the goods of the Lord, right? So um, what are the goods that the office of the ministry delivers to you? It would be the preaching of the gospel, of forgiveness of sins, uh, absolute, in absolution, baptism, and the Lord's Supper, right? Deliver the goods, preach forgiveness of sins, right? Baptize young and old, commend people to their baptism daily, absolve sins uh, of those who are penitent, and of course, um, administer the Lord's Supper according to his command, right? All right. So um, notice that not everybody gets the same talents. Talents a coin. That's why I gave you that on that opening slide, right? Um, you see some coins there. Of course, those are German coins, so that's not so helpful. But anyway, um, I have talents. He gives five to one of them, two to another, and one to the other. All right. So it says that the one with five, um, what did he do with it? He traded with them. Um, basic translation is that he did work with them and made five more talents, right? So uh, trading, exchanging, um, using them to gain some others, right? Invested them, you might say. I think that's probably a good translation, right? The two talents um, did something similar, right? He gained two more also. We, it doesn't say exactly. But he took the gifts that he received and delivered them and thereby gained more, right? And then you have uh, the one with the one talent. Um, hid it under a bushel. No, uh, no, that's not it. He buried it, right? He dug it, it, went and dug in the ground and hid the Lord's money. Ugh. Uh, all right, so then the Lord comes and you see there he, um, he brings the servants before him to settle accounts with them. That should remind us of a previous pa parable, and that was with the uh, master uh, who forgave uh, the debt of his servant, uh, but then that ungrateful um, servant refused to forgive those who owed him, right? So that was when the servants were brought to settle accounts, and he forgave the debt of his servant, I think. Is that the one we want to have in mind? There's more than one, so uh, Matthew 18, yeah, uh, Yep, that's the one I was thinking of, right? With the hundred, or with the, um, how much did he owe? 10,000 talents? Whew. Yeah, we even had talents in that parable. So go back to Matthew 18 for that. All right. The first two, the one given five, the one given two, and we're both called what? By the Lord here. Well done, good and faithful servant. Good and faithful. All right. Enter into the joy of the Lord. All right. Um, what is the joy of the Lord referred to here, do you think? Do you have any ideas? There's some possibilities. I'll give you a few. Hmm. How about Matthew 2, right? Um, when they saw the star, that would be the, uh, the Magi, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy when they saw his star, right? So they're going to come into his presence. I think that's the key. You have the parable of the, uh, hidden tre the treasure hidden in the field when the man found and hid and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field, you know, for the sake of receiving the treasure back. And then, of course, in uh, our, the resurrection, they went quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, this of the women, and ran to bring his disciples' word, right? So you'll note what's the common element there? They have joy in being in the presence of Jesus, right? Whether he's the treasure in the field or he's the, um, uh, at his resurrection or the announcement of his resurrection, or uh, when the Magi come to visit. All right. Uh, but what about the man with one talent? It's kind of frustrating, yeah? Right. Rather than proclaim 
uh, the gift that he had received from the Lord, rather than deliver even uh, even just one talent worth, he hid it. And so, uh, what does he say about the Lord? You can tell why he failed to preach the gospel, why he failed to administer the Lord's gifts, to deliver the goods, so to speak. Why did he fail? He tells us, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered seed. I was afraid of you, right? And went and hid your talent in the ground. Ooh. All right. Um, then Jesus speaks, or actually he speaks here. This man speaks of um, a harvest, right? And then Jesus in response also speaks of a harvest with reaping and sowing. He responds in like and do kind, right? So Jesus acknowledges that he's right. I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed, right? Actually, the one who, who sows and reaps the seed of Jesus, his word, that is Jesus himself. Those would be the servants, right? So that part is true. He acknowledges that, right? And um, the harvest has to do with um, the fruits of the, of the proclamation of the gospel, right? We saw that back in, oh, Matthew 9, Matthew 13, and elsewhere, all right? So the, the proclaiming the gospel is the sowing of the seed. The gospel is the seed, Jesus, right? And uh, Jesus comes to harvest. So both um, harvest has to do with the proclamation of the gospel until the end of the age. The sowing of the seed has to do with the preaching of the gospel uh, now. All right. Until that day. And then we have gathering as well, right? Uh, yeah. And I will gather where I have not scattered my seed. Um, so gathering has to do again with the end of the age back in Matthew 13. So what's the problem with this man's view of his Lord? Right? It doesn't have to do with only receiving one talent, or two talents, or five talents. Right? The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He gives to some more than others. That's perfectly fine. It's within his, uh, within his uh, providence, right? within his, his will. We don't get to choose. Uh, and so if this is the preaching office, then it means that some pastors have large congregations, some have small. Right? The Lord gives, and, and uh, he just expects you to use what he has given. Or maybe he's given you limited resources, or not a beautiful sanctuary, or... Uh, uh, limited finances even, right? Well, you make do with what you have, right? Proclaim the gospel, administer the gifts, and let Jesus work it out, right? But this man does not think of Jesus that way, as merciful, as always giving, but rather as a hard man, right? Um, now, in one sense, the man is correct, right? The Lord does reap and gather the seed that is sown by the preachers of his gospel. Hmm? So, he, so that judgment is correct, right? But... Um, he fails to see him as ma- as merciful, like in the previous, where the where the servant uh, does expect his master or didn't expect his master to show any mercy, right? All right. So what the man should have done, Jesus tells him, is at least have deposited the money with the bankers so that he could have um, gotten interest. Uh, this is not the first time that we've had bankers mentioned. Uh, let's see if we can find another one. That would have been back in Matthew fifteen twenty seven. Yeah, there it is. Um, is that right? Oh, indirectly. All right. In both cases, it has to do with tables that are used by uh, bankers, right? And the first is um, with the crumbs that fall from the master's table, from the banker's table. Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, the master's table. And the second one has to do with the money changers in the temple. That's in Matthew 21. We've already had that. I didn't know that was the same word. So there you go. Mm-hmm. So what does the master do with that servant? He even takes the talent from him and gives it to the one uh, to the one with ten. He casts the servant into the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Right. So uh, uh, I think the disciples rightly uh, ought to recognize uh, that they uh, not fail in the preaching of the gospel. 
right? Regardless of what opportunities the Lord gives them for that, um, to do what the Lord has given in all times and all circumstances, right? To many or to few. So, uh, meditation then. At Christ's ascension, he instituted the office of the Holy Ministry to proclaim the gospel of the forgiveness of sins. There he entrusted his gifts of baptism, absolution, preaching, and the supper to his preachers. The minister is to work with these gifts to build the church of Christ, that is, to call sheep into the fold through these gifts, so that more may be saved. While one may indeed have an abundance of understanding of these gifts, as indicated by the five talents, that symbolize a full knowledge of all the law and the promises, others may have a basic understanding of Christ, who is both God and man, as symbolized by the number two, representing the two natures of Christ. Both can work only with the life-giving word for the good of the church. The wicked and lazy servant refuses to work with the means that Christ has given to the church, but hides them beneath all manner of popular and trendy means because he sees the Lord as a hard taskmaster who expects personal success from the minister. He would be far better off to simply let the means of salvation continue to exist, for even if he was totally incompetent, the supper would still be there to feed the people. Pastors who despise the true word and sacraments are warned that they will be cast into the darkness. Right. So uh, remember to do this. We've talked about this frequently, but it's always worth recognizing that not every parable is universally applied. Right. In this case, he's speaking to his apostles, and that means he's speaking to the apostolic church. Now, in one sense, uh, every Christian is responsible for the preaching of the gospel, not only in their own family, but in community uh, with neighbors and friends. Right. Um, but as far as the public, every Christian is then also responsible to um, uphold the public preaching office, which is the office of the Holy Ministry, right? That that uh, ministry outside yourself to, so that you would hear the gospel proclaimed to you, not only that you would tell it to others, but that you and your family, um, your community would have uh, a preacher and would have a congregation of uh, fellow Christians, right? So, so there is an obligation to that. But here he's speaking very particularly uh, to the pastors themselves, I would say with the five and the two and the one talent, and being servants. All right, all right let's sing our hymn for the week, uh, which is a great word of absolution, right? Baptismal waters cover me. Oh. 
Hopefully you had an opportunity last evening to uh, celebrate the feast of St. Bartholomew, Apostle. Today is the day. It was observed last evening, of course. Um, but here's a brief meditation and then a prayer to recognize his day. St. Bartholomew, or Nathaniel, or Nathaniel, excuse me, as he is called in St. John's Gospel, was one of the first of Jesus' twelve disciples. His home was in the town of Cana in Galilee, uh, John 21, where Jesus performed his first miracle. He was invited to become one of the twelve with Philip, or by Philip, I should say, who told him that they had found the Messiah in the person of Jesus of Nazareth, John 1, verse 45. Bartholomew's initial hesitation to believe because of Jesus of Nazareth's background was quickly replaced by a clear, unequivocal declaration of faith. You are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel, John 1, verse 49. He was present with the other disciples, John 21, 1-13, when they were privileged to see and to converse and to eat with their risen Lord and Savior. That's by the sea, right? With the catch of fish, 153. According to some early church fathers, Bartholomew brought the gospel to Armenia, where he was martyred by being flayed alive. And if you remember past years, I've described uh, the picture of him in the Sistine Chapel, where he's holding his own skin. Right? Very gruesome, but also... Well, it's clear who he is. (laughs) All right, let us pray. Almighty God, your son, Jesus Christ, chose Bartholomew to be an apostle to preach the blessed gospel. Grant that your church may love what he believed and preach what he taught. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pray the collect for the weak, almighty and everlasting God, always more ready to hear than we to pray and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pour down upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving those things of which our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things that we are not worthy to ask, except through the merits and mediation of Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. All right. On this Thursday, we pray for the church and her pastors, for all missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, musicians, and other servants of Christ in his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. Pray this day and Thanksgiving with Dan, who celebrates his birthday. We pray with Ross and Amy, who celebrate their anniversary. Pray for all the households of our congregation, especially David, Sylvia, Kevin, uh, William, and Eugene, their families. Pray for our catechumens. We pray for those ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially uh, Joe, Melanie, Kelsey, Christopher, Marcy, Brad, Eileen, and Ron, Doug, Bev, Donna, Jim, Pat, Wendell, Darlene, and of course Naomi. Pray for our homebound, Marcy, Marion, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. 
pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially Sheboygan County Hispanic Ministry. And we continue to pray for the tuppers who seek new employment and housing. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So that's our congregation of prayer for today, August 24th, Thursday, 2023. Of course, you can watch or listen anytime uh, and uh, maybe someday in the distant future. uh, You decide to follow the uh, order of prayer that we're using here and you want to uh, get a brief summary of um, the text, you can, can of course, do that. Uh, Or you can go back three years from today and uh, or some thereabouts and have a, a similar set of readings all right because it's a three-year cycle so we've been doing this uh, we're now in our fourth year so uh, really uh, it's been great to have you with us and by the way thanks for your prayers and uh, I don't know uh, at this point what we're looking at I would be surprised if we're discharged any earlier than uh, Friday uh, probably maybe at this point probably not till Saturday uh, that's a long drive back on one day but uh, God willing that will work if I have a different indication, uh, then I'll have to work out pulpit supply for Sunday. So uh, we'll see. All right. So with that, I bid you fond farewell, and we'll see you again in the morning. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.